Coming Out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ news and public affairs show, featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening, loves. Welcome back to another episode of Blooming Out. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Ireland Meacham. And I'm Lucas Fisher. Welcome back. How have y'all been? Good. I got a new mic. Yes, you, can you tell. did. <laughs> so I hope, I hope this is easier on all you listeners out there's ears. <laughs> bringing, bringing New York into your living rooms. Into your living rooms. So I'm the only one that's micless now, huh? I'm going to have to get with it. You sound okay. Are you speaking like directly over your keyboard? I am trying to. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds good. Okay, good. For, you know, Zoom quality audio. You know, working with it. How you been? Uh, Not bad. Took so long for you to answer. <laughs> so do we assume not good as well, Lucas? I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I'm just uh, a little manic today. This past week, couple weeks, but in particular this past week, even though there are some like tweets floating out there, it it's been this like profound sense of peace, not having a daily. Um, emergency of some sort uh you know we're we're we've ticked off somebody or we're letting loose a group of people from the definition of america or whatever it's i i think i'm breathing deeper now um absolutely and my blood pressure has gone down literally yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i i think that it's amazing what a profound effect somebody like trump constantly stirring up drama has on the entire nation (laughs) completely unnecessary senseless drama and i think a lot of people are seeing that now that perhaps didn't before i hope they're seeing it i don't know what's wrong with them if they're they're not but i think a lot of people are just like oh would you just shut up you know (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people are, are, you know, seeing him as the complete joke that he is now, you know, and he's not getting as quite as much, you know, I mean, he's still getting attention. That's he'll always be getting attention, unfortunately. But like, I don't know, just that like everyone knows he's ridiculous and is constantly lying. And like even that tweet that he, you know, said, I won the election and they had to like put a flag on it that was like, this is disputed by authorities um, on Twitter. And then that's become a meme in and of itself. Like people post like something and then it has the tag like this is disputed by authorities. Um, but yeah, I think people people realize he's over, you know. Right. I, I think so, too. His 15 minutes are up. Yeah. It's 15 long, four, four years, <laughs> minutes, yeah. four years of minutes. But yeah, I think he's up. When's that? Was that the gong show where they had the, the shepherd's crick come out and grab the people and drag them off, off the stage? Um, sorry. The gong show was, uh, <laughs> That's what we need to do. That's a great idea. We need to get the yeah, yeah. 
totally. Just play some outro music and like yeah. snag him and drag him off with a cane, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I could see that being the New Yorker's cover. Yeah. Know? Oh, that would be lovely. Sure. <laughs> so make it to work on that artwork fast. Um, not that we're partisan here. Uh, that's that's not a thing. Uh, yeah, the the we're all getting kind of over a bad breakup, it feels, and and you know when you have built up so much fear right before the end of it, and then there's just the picking up your stuff and boxing it up and and leaving part. I think that's kind of the phase that we're in and it just feels like a great relief um so yay just insinuated that i was in a relationship with that man and i don't take kindly to that moment but we we were you know (laughs) otherwise i think it's a good analogy um Uh, you know what i think it's sort of like leaving an abusive family member mm. that you've had to deal with yep he's allergic to cranberries and you give him cranberries at at thanksgiving like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Was that how you deal with your family members? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, getting rid of them might involve an ambulance. I mean, who knows? But um, <laughs> no, somebody was talking about uh, how they. No, not to upset you. Well, it's the Serb side. I can't help it. Um, somebody was talking about how you know the last time they saw their dad was blah 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 and alive, and I'm like, oh, that's. Uh, that you know, it brings me to tears because I, I cry at everything right now. Um, beautiful or sad or you know pictures of puppies, stuff like that. And so I was crying at it, but the first thought that popped into my head is, oh, when was the last time I saw my dad alive? And that was like ten years ago or so. And like, I mean, he's still alive, but that's the last time I saw my dad. <laughs> And that's good, you know. You saw him alive. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Maybe I shouldn't laugh at that. But that was no, it, it's okay. I mean, a lot of us have complicated histories with our families, right? Yeah, so everybody does. Yeah, some family member usually. So. Yeah, it usually comes with being queer in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's just the way it is, and so not always know. necessarily in a bad way. You know, things are always complex. It's good to get the toxic out of your life, though. And yes. that's, that's really just necessary, even if it's sad and, and hurtful. Yeah. Um, divesting yourself of that culture uh, brings so many more rewards. So, mm-hmm. uh, so COVID is like spiking. We're, we're peaking all over the place. Um, Monroe County is pretty low still um we haven't peaked as much as the rest of the the state has but uh is anybody like are you you contracting again or are you expanding are you like going out a little bit more um i was but now like i was in the past couple of weeks but i think this week i'm we're you know sort of i don't know it's becoming I think there's going to be another lockdown soon is what I'm expecting. Um, they are shutting down uh, public schools starting tomorrow in New York. So, um, yeah, I'm 
sort of sticking inside for the most part. Do you have enough uh, toilet paper? No, I'm actually out <laughs> I need to go fix them up. Oh, my God. I hate bringing this guy up. Um, so the extreme court, um, Judge Alito is getting a lot of uh, play these days. And so he was giving a talk where he he trashed two things that are very important right now. Um, one is is our rights, and specifically uh, the right to get married. And uh, Obergefell, he um, uh, he's saying now that it limits freedom of speech, and uh, because apparently you you used to be able to say marriage is between one man and one woman, but now you can't, or you get labeled a bigot. Uh, <laughs> Imagine that. But that's not how that's not how the amendment works. The First Amendment just protects you from being censored by the government. It doesn't keep you uh um it doesn't talk about people telling you that you're a bigoted idiot because you say something bigoted. Um Well anybody can say that marriage is between a man and a woman, but they would be You just wrong. did. And I just did, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's not the case anymore, so he needs to get over it. Yeah, and you were always that's considered normal. a bigot. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> the way it was. A lot of people who couldn't get married still considered you a bigot back in the day. Um, right. So nothing's changed. It's Except maybe awareness. He's, you know, doing the, the free speech card when he's completely denying the notion of democracy and equality. Right. Which yeah. the constitution yeah. is based on, you know, all people are created equal. And he's denying that. Yeah, it's the pick and choose method. It can mean whatever you want it to mean, you know? It's the same way that people treat the Bible a lot of times, you know? Right. They just get it to to confirm whatever they're trying to say, you know? Many exactly. times the same people. Twist the words, yeah. Same people, yeah. And then they ignore the parts about, you know, <clears throat> not wearing natural fibers or, you know, beating your spouse. Or, or eating shrimp, you know. Shrimp, right. <laughs> <laughs> or stoning your kids for mouthing off. I mean, come on. Uh, don't we all want to do that sometimes? Um, <laughs> yes. But... I don't think there would be any new generations if that were <laughs> if that were the case um yeah it, it's just from anybody else uh anybody not in the position he's in let's say that would just be something you know throw it away it's ridiculous obviously it's it's bull but this is a person sitting in a supermajority among the supermajority on the supreme court and um, and he wants he's already stated that he thinks that uh, marriage equality is is uh, the wrong call. So you know his plan because I mean he's making a big statement about where he's expecting or wants the court to go now. Mm-hmm. Which is so, to the far right, which is where it probably will go. It's time to fight. It's. Right. It, we have the opportunity now. We have uh, a bit of peace coming, I think. 
as far as attacks go, like legislative attacks uh, in the federal government. I think we might have a bit of a respite. And it wasn't really attacks, it was mostly executive orders and changes in policy from political appointees who uh, who were hyper-conservative and, uh, frankly, just wanted to erase us. Um, <clears throat> anyway, that's the Alito card for... Oh, and then he was also uh, talking about some just... I don't know how you can make it to that stage of of uh, civic leadership and still be so ignorant of science and um, anything that you learn after, say, junior high school. And he's um, he's just going off about COVID again too, which yes. What did he say? <sighs> I gotta find it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. still back on, on the one. Uh, I wonder if I could play that. I just, I mean, that's a whole other thing I don't understand is how we make a virus political. It's a virus. It has no politics. Right? <laughs> yeah. Here, let me I see. I keep hearing I people in other countries, like, just, they just do not. I mean... It's not a that that's not a thing in other countries, you know, like it's yeah. not a political thing. It's like there's a virus. We have to handle it. Like, let's all work together and get it under control. And then here, everyone's just doing. Whatever yeah. And you know what else? Like they um, so this is the so-called this is what Trump is referring to as the China virus. Ugh. And you know what? You know how many deaths China has had? Six thousand. Dang. That's it. If you look at their chart right now, you look at their graph, they're having like five or six cases a day. Like, yeah, it says a lot. I mean, I guess you could lie about that stuff, but I don't, I don't, it's just crazy, like, how bad we're doing. <laughs> It also, you pointed out by calling it the China virus, it, it of course exposes the bigotry that is inherent in American culture. Yeah. And it always has been. I mean, we still call the 1918 influenza outbreak the Spanish flu. It had nothing to do with Spain. And the right. reason they called it that is because Spain was dealing with it as a reality, whereas we were not even then. And things haven't changed much. Things They're still dealing with it better. Changed. Oh. I don't understand the culture that I belong to. I mean, yeah. I guess it's mind boggling. I so have here's... a correction, actually. Hmm. Um, I have a correction. They've only had 4,000 deaths. <laughs> only four? Oh, wow. And, and only 86,000 cases. And you know how many people are in China? A freaking Way billion more than... people. Yeah. And we're a measly 300 million. And we have how many cases? Like 2 million? I don't even, I haven't looked in a while, but yeah. it's just, look, think Places of those numbers. Like China, and I was talking about Japan earlier when I used to visit my parents there. I mean, everybody wore masks all the time anyway, even if there uh -huh. wasn't an outbreak. If you were sick, that's what you do in order to protect the other people of your community. They are very community-minded because there are so many people, and it's, 
you know, a way, it's an attitude we should all adopt. Well, and there, they, there are a lot of people who live in the city. You see pictures of the city and people are wearing masks a lot, right? Because the air pollution. And I wondered how long it would be before Americans would be wearing masks like that. And then we actually kind of improved the air quality in our country and saved ourselves. We probably did it so that we didn't have to wear masks. Um, but, you know, now it's a completely different situation and we're, we're having to wear masks. But I, I think that when you live in a city with, a you know, you're right shoulder to shoulder with a ton of people, there is more, ironically, a sense of we have to work together, right? Um, than if you live on 10 acres and you see your neighbors once every month or two. Um, and you're like, well, I'm a, I'm an island unto myself and I, I don't have to put up with this. I, I can do what I want. Um, that seems to be a big uh, correlation. I don't know that it's causative. Um, here is Alito. I want to put his words on it. Uh, talking about the First Amendment and gay marriage. Let's say that marriage is a union between one man and one woman. Until very recently, that's what the vast majority of Americans thought. Now it's considered bigotry. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's because it is bigotry. <laughs> <laughs> they always <was>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how can he claim it's not? That's well, so stupid. The majority of Americans used to think that. So the majority of Americans is the most horrible excuse to do anything ever. Like, that's not time fantastic. Time tested and true. Right. Um, <laughs> and we could pull up a whole list of things that were... As we can see, the majority of Americans are so stupid. <laughs> You're all stupid. Oh Just my kidding. god. None of you who are listening to us. Yeah, none of well, you. None of Maybe you we people. should change the minds of the majority of Americans. Yeah. Why, I mean, he's probably right. I hate to say it, but well, how do we well, know it's the majority of Americans? Let's slow down here. Let's slow down. Let's talk about the definition of what marriage is. And you can't just say it's between a man and a woman because there's other religions and not all other religions mandate whether or not it's between a man or a woman. Like, I, I don't even know if that's true, but I like, I feel pretty confident saying that. Like, no, they're... Oh, but Lucas, didn't you know Christianity is the only correct religion? It's the only it's true true religion. religion. What about Mormonism? <laughs> I yeah, mean, what about Yeah, that's also the only true religion, Justin. <laughs> Didn't you know? But but which branch of Mormonism is are we talking traditionalists or are we talking the All of them, reform? yeah. They're the think... only true religion. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're at I mean, it, I I believe that marriage is between a man and many women. Right? That's yeah. biblical. Some biblical. Like what was what was Solomon trying to pull off there? He was just trying to like all the women's. He was he was just marrying and concubining everybody. <laughs> and uh concubining. That's a verb now. Um it it's yeah, it's patently ridiculous and, and that's been shown over and over and, and his views are just he he is 
biblical himself, I think, in in his uh, thinking, because that's that's where his um, development stopped was three thousand five hundred years ago. Uh, <laughs> here's here's him on the COVID crisis. Served as a sort of constitutional stress test. And in doing so, it has highlighted disturbing trends that were already present before the virus struck. Oh, um, that didn't actually give his whole speech. Sorry. This is from a HuffPost video. Um, he, it's again, a free speech thing coming down to, uh, you know, whether or not to wear a mask. Right, that's considered free speech, and sure. Um, what does it have to do with speech, though? It's like political expression. Political expression, okay. Or personal belief. So why? Oh God, why is science a political thing in this country? Why is that considered okay to? not believe in science if it's you, you know if that's what your religion like that makes no sense to me well it's because religion is political in this country yeah I and guess. and that's the uh that's the crux of the whole thing that's what we have to address is you know if we're going to be <clears throat> allowing religion into the halls of congress which has always been um which religion are we choosing here Satanism? Um, are we going to go back to Zoroastrianism? I mean, uh, is that how you say that? I'm not sure. Um, what do you what do you want a church of Bob? I mean, come on, we can do anything here. <clears throat> it would pull out some ancient uh, Babylonian stuff. We can we can go straight into the. Uh, tiny religions that are held by specific groups in specific areas all across the globe. Do we have to legislate to all of those? We can't. Obviously, that's why we're supposed to be a secular nation of sorts. Um, it doesn't say so, but that's how it's been understood, right? Um, and that's one thing we have to address. That's one thing we have to put out there and be adamant about is that we can't make our political decisions based on religion. It, it just is too um, uh, unstable and dangerous. Separation of church and state. That's all there is to it. I don't know why this always has to come up. Right. Well, because people try to say that there is no separation, that we all need to, uh, you know, this is a Christian nation and it's it's founded on these certain principles and those need to be uh, uplifted at all times. Is that in the Constitution, the separation of church and state thing? Where is well, that, that in the in the documents? <laughs> it's it's a law that was formalized in 1905. Oh, okay. But it's also based on. Uh, freedom of religion uh, which also includes freedom from religion and it's based the the actual wording and um sorry brought it up i should be able to look it up faster 
is outside of the Constitution, but one of the framers of the Constitution is the one who coined it. Right. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. Right. And that's what a lot of religious people, in particular Christians, seem to always do. And I always argue that we're not a Christian nation. I mean, we have Christians in it, but we have all sorts of people. Muslims, Jewish people, all sorts of people. Hindus, Buddhists. Thomas Jefferson, in a letter to the Danbury Baptist Association, wrote, I... Uh, contemplate with sovereign reverence uh, that act of the whole American people, which declare that their legislature should make no law respecting establishment of religion or prohibiting the free uh, exercise thereof, thus building. Sorry. <laughs> Zoom makes everything slower. Um. And now it buried the the quote. Okay. Uh, Let me write that again. Then in 1802, Thomas Jefferson, in a letter to the Danbury Baptist Association, wrote, I contemplate with sovereign reverence that act of the whole American people, which declared that their legislature should make no law uh, respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. So there's the the quote. It's in the letter. So it's... Um, that's also a danger, too, because uh, it should make no law prohibiting the free exercise thereof, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so what does that mean in a nation where you have multiple... Uh, a, a society that is... Uh, multifaceted and and has is supposed to be respecting all people um right well it should work like you know if it's if it doesn't apply to one religion you can't write it or if it doesn't reply if it doesn't apply to all religion then you can't write it into law um but that doesn't seem to stop anyone (laughs) um yeah I i think that religious freedom thing is like just that excuse um yeah it's just they you know another one of those things where you can take it to mean whatever you want really um and twist it however you want oh and that's what they're debating right now and that's what they've been debating for (laughs) 200 and some years is um how that how that works in our society and uh this is why the religious right can't stand multiculturalism. They can't they can't reconcile their beliefs with the way that the country is run uh, for people who don't share their beliefs. So they seek to establish their their belief system in our laws. And we're still fighting that to this day. Um that's happiness, right? Oh, here's another one. This is this is great. Uh, it just came out. Barack Obama admits uh, to have calling others the F word. F-A-G. Because I shouldn't say that on the radio. Um, when he was young. 
And, you know, as a young man growing up in the 70s at a time when uh, those things were common and awareness wasn't. Um, what do y'all think of that? I think it's wonderful that he's come out and talked about it. Me too. And I think that we should appreciate him for evolving and the wonderful things he said, because he said the LGBTQ uh, community is part of the American family. And that's something that Alito needs to know. And I grew up in the 70s as well. And I remember I said it. My friends said it. We all said it. I never really associated it with actual homosexuals. It was something that we said to each other to make each other mad or to be, you know, more butch. <laughs> and it's a common thing. To, it's, it's sad. It was a common thing to say. I don't think that it had the weight that it does now because we were just stupid and not aware of actually hurting people. Except each other. <laughs> Except each other, which was sort of a mild form of flirting in my case. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is a whole mess to unpack there. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, anyway, I'm really glad that he was brave enough to say that. I'm like, some of our other <laughs> politicians who claim to have been with the LGBTQ community for their entire career for 20 years when they have not. Oh, that's because they're too afraid to say that they haven't. And I forgive anybody who evolves and says, I'm sorry. I think that's a really hard thing to say for any of us. So, yeah, honestly, again, yeah, I I'm respect that. It continues. I'm sorry. I went no, that's okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, I yeah, I respect that he did that because it's, you know, I think right now there's a lot of, um, you know, cancel culture is a huge thing. Um, and we're also at a moment where a lot of people are doing a lot of learning and like waking up about certain things. And, um, and I think it's important for, you know, a public figure like that, that so many people respect to be open about like, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm not this, you know, Absolutely. I'm not the end all be all like perfect human being. Um, no U.S. president could ever be. But like it's, you know, people learn and change and make mistakes and no one's perfect. And if you are the type of person like he is to come out about it and say sorry, that to me means so much more than if you were just to pretend like you'd never said it in the first place, you know. Exactly. Very well put. Like a lot of these, you know, politicians will like, oh, I've, you know, always been supportive of the LGBTQ community or whatever. And it's very clear that they haven't, you know. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just appreciate that. Those, those people are selling you themselves, right? And those, right. those people have, uh, they're, they're, saying things that they think will get them votes and uh you know public points and and show how with it they are and they aren't any more than anyone else is um i refrained from using the word because there was a strong association uh with exactly what it was about and when that started to be popular 
you know, the time in school when people started calling each other that, um, I was already fighting with my own demons and, uh, and I couldn't do that. And so, um, but I, I watched, you know, and I watched the kids who, so, you know, that one thing was so ubiquitous and, um, and it, and it is really interesting to hear you say that it didn't mean that to you. It didn't have the connotation, you know, you didn't have the thing. It was just something that you knew meant something that was harmful. And so you used it and uh, until you learned what it meant, I'm sure. Um, well, we, I think I've talked about this on the show before, but one of the very popular games then was Smear the Queer. Oh yeah. And we played it in school and the coaches or whatever, you know, it'd be like time to play Smear the Queer. Yep. It was just weird. I didn't know what it meant. And um, my sister, who was a lot more sensitive than I was, or intelligent, both, um, point out to me, said, you know, do you know what that means? Like, stop saying that, as well as the F word. And she said, it's like Uncle Jimmy. We had a gay uncle who I loved so much. And I was like, I was horrified that that's what I had been saying. And I don't think that a lot of people knew. Some did and maybe didn't care. But um, at least in my community, I don't know. We never discussed that aspect of it. And it was a word that was used all the time. And even if you look at uh, old movies of that period, it's used a lot. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, I, I felt like... Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I talk a lot. Well, I... <laughs> I felt like in high school, like um, when I was in, you know, going through school, like the sort of awakening around that word had already happened. Like not there were people who used it, but um, but we knew it was we knew what it meant and we knew that it was bad and not to use that. And I feel like that I don't know, you know, maybe this just was because like. I don't know, maybe it was just my school, but there was, I felt like there was more of a, um, the word like that for my generation was the R word. Like we had a lot of, we did a lot of work at our school and there were like events and like the, you know, um, special education program. Yeah. Like there was a sort of awakening around it where like when I was younger, people would just use it willy nilly and like growing up, people sort of came to the realization of like what it actually meant and how it actually hurts people. And now, you know, I, I don't hear it much from people my age. Um, and, and that was another word we had no awakening of at all. I never connected that word to people. We called inanimate objects that word. You know, it. I just did not connect it to what the word also meant. Um, I know I sound completely stupid, but I know that I'm yeah. also not alone in that. My um, My friend... My, one of my best friends, uh, uh, her brother was, uh, had autism, right? And I used the term once to refer to him. And because I thought that was what you used. I mean, that's what my family used. That's what everybody spoke. And, uh, 
and I never used that word again <laughs> um, because she she clued me in. And I think that that is what, you know, we want everybody to be perfect. We want everybody to be woke or whatever from the beginning. We want you to be the special creature that comes out knowing how to respect others perfectly. Um, and so you have to have been, I've been, you know, absolutely respectful my whole life. And, uh, which is just bull. Yeah. No huh. one's perfect from the beginning, you know, and it so very much depends on like who you grew up with, the people you were surrounded by, like what you were exposed to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, cause even I'm just thinking now, like in high school, like everyone would make fun of the term, um, pansexuality, like, oh, that's not a real thing. Like, um, and I would do it too. I was like, I just don't understand how that's a real thing. Like, I don't get it. But then, you know, once the whole, you know, I think gender became more of a subject that people talked about more and, with it, there were more terms for like sexual orientation and like different ways to identify. And once I like learned about it, I was like, oh, maybe that's actually me. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, you never know until um, you learn, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you got to give, yeah, it's, that's why I don't like the um, idea of cancel culture just because I, I don't think you have to, you know, it's, I don't think it's a good thing to like point you know obviously if someone's doing something wrong and they're not changing it after people point it out to them then that's an issue um but if someone points out something to someone and they immediately address it and you know do their research and they're edu like educate themselves um and fix it and make sure they're you know doing the right thing from there on out like i think that's great and i think that's really respectable and i don't think that they should be canceled forever and like never get a chance to I don't know, be successful or what? I, I don't know. I couldn't agree with you more. I think life is about evolution. And totally. hey, we all used to poop our pants. <laughs> so don't, you know, <laughs> throw stones at people. Give them a chance to evolve. I think that that's very important. And as you said, it's also important to know when they don't want to evolve, such right. as our friend Trump. The Supreme yeah. Justice. Um, they clearly don't want to evolve, you know, that's, mm -hmm. they're belligerent about that. But there are people who have made mistakes. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous for us to hold us to those mistakes and to being the person that they were, or pretending to be, you know, years and mm -hmm. years ago. Yeah, people change. Yeah. And that's a muscle you have to work on too. Like you have to like, be comfortable with like, if someone corrects you on something, don't get defensive, you know, be okay with, oh, great. This is an opportunity for me to learn and for me to be better in the future. Like, amazing. Like, you know, think of it as a golden opportunity, not something that someone's saying to make you feel like you're a bad person or something like, um, but yeah, you have to get, you have to be okay with like letting that, letting yourself be educated, you know? Absolutely. And then it's also though important to correct people, I think with kindness, yeah. Um, you know, it, I think kindness is, um, 
it depends on the situation for sure. Um, but yeah, totally. But I see so many people and, you know, especially posts on social media or whatever, people just attacking each other. And once you attack somebody, they're going to go on the defense and they're not going to listen really well to what you have to say. I had a, a guy in a thread, you know, go off. And I think I mentioned this last week or did this happen between the two? Oh, huh. uh, I remember. I <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> the guy went off and he, he was throwing out some transphobic stuff and, um, and within a couple of, he went through and he he just kept attack, attack, attack. And then I came back and I, I threw some um, uh, sarcasm and biting wit at him. And he stopped, probably because there were a lot of us who were pushing back. And he's like, I just don't understand. And nobody's ever told me what this trans thing is about and why you'd want to do that to yourself and why you think that way. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. Well, maybe I was a bit too hasty and my really throwing you out sort of thing. Um, you know, maybe we can get together. We can have coffee distanced. We can go, you know, chat over zoom. Uh, what do you want to do? And he's, he, contacted me through messenger and he was just like i just want you to explain to me why you are the way you are <laughs> like oh okay um that's why i want to do this in person because it's gonna be a whole lot shorter if i don't have to write out my life history and the history of of trans folks and and gender identity and sex development and all this stuff like that's a broad concept dude and yeah, so see, that's the thing is you got to be careful about what you're asking of people too when you're when you're the one that's needing to be educated. Like, remember that Google is a thing, and that asking a trans person or a person of color to like explain things to you in that way is probably traumatic for them, and maybe you should just go to Google, sort of thing. Well, and this guy definitely knows about Google. He's young enough. Right. He's he's um, smart enough to use the internet, and not well, but smart enough to use it. And he, um, but he wants that personal thing, right? Because mm. all the stuff on the internet's lies. And so I sat down and I typed out five pages and 12 point <laughs> type wow. of, um, you know, kind of just a basic, basic outline explaining the history and what's going on and everything. Um, that I could think to put in there and I haven't heard back from him, but I think that's also good too, because I think that's, and I'm comfortable doing that. I'm comfortable talking to people who are, um, hostile even, uh, probably because of my brothers and <laughs> growing up with them. Uh, and that whole family dynamic was so, uh, about conflict and I see that with a lot of people. I think that that their their way of interacting is very aggressive. And so um, if people do feel comfortable uh, taking that on, they probably 
you probably should if you feel comfortable. If not, you have are under no obligation to take on somebody like that. Um, <clears throat> but point them to somebody like me. Uh, and because and uh, here's the field where all my Fs uh, grow and it's empty. Um, because I, I don't care. They're, these people need to learn and they need to know. And if they're coming at me with questions, then um, that's fantastic, even if they don't know how or what to ask. So it's uh, Trans Awareness Week, by the way. Woo. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, be aware of us. Just be aware. <laughs> the thing that I, I posted for it, the last line of it says, <clears throat> uh, you know, we come in peace, but you're really pushing it because <laughs> that's great. Trans Awareness Week is is to kind of do this, right? Put ourselves out there, show who we are, why we are, what we are, and educate the public. And it ends in the Transgender Day of Remembrance, which was started 21 years ago by Gwen Smith, and I'm going to claim her as a friend because we were on Yahoo groups back in the Yahoo groups days. And I think I got a giggle from my daughter on that one. Um, and she, she created it in memory of Rita Hester, who is a trans woman in Massachusetts who was just brutally murdered. And we, we'd read about it. We'd get these reports even on the, the young internet about our loved ones and our our siblings trans fam being lost and not being lost being taken um so she decided to create this this day and it's typically february or sorry it's typically november 20th every year we're uh bloomington's holding theirs on the 21st and due to safety concerns i am not going to say over the radio where it's going to be at there it's being shared through um, safer communities. Um, but we are going to have a live aspect of it uh, this year, and it's going to be streamed online and then available, of course, for uh, in perpetuity on those channels. So, <clears throat> sorry. Um, this year we've had at least, and, and here's the thing too, we, we've, we read these names every year and they're usually in the twenties and that doesn't sound like much in the grand scheme of, of people who are killed in America over the course of a year, but these are just, um, the ones, the people that we know of because they made it to the newspapers or somebody reported it. Um, there are many times more. It's like an iceberg. Those are just the, the tips that stick above water. There's so many more below who never get um, picked up. People who whose family wrote the obituary uh, or whose, um, you know, the, they were misgendered by the police. And, and dead named. And, and this is the thing that really 
messes me up that we're still having this happen, even though we've been screaming about it for 20, 21 years and longer. Um, people are still using birth names of people who have already changed their name and, and gender marker. Like, they're going back pre-transition to grab this information and present it. Um, so a lot of people are lost in this count. And this year, we've had at least 34. That is a new record. We are also including suicides this year um, because that is murder by proxy. That is our society's failure to um, protect people, to, to let them live with dignity and to show them that there is a place in America for them. Um, we have 49 names this year total. And again, there are so many more and it's, uh, and we might have more by the time Saturday rolls around. Um, according to FBI statistics, LGBT hate crimes increased drastically over the past four years. Anti-trans is just part of that. Um, but if you look on the hate crimes reporting for the FBI, again, that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. And you're like, oh, well, that's, that's not too many as far as numbers go. But these are crimes that are specifically reported as hate crimes. And just taking the example of, of trans people who are killed because they're trans, um, their locale might not have a hate crimes law. Or the people investigating the murder might just decide that, well, it wasn't really a hate crime, even though it was obviously motivated by the fact that they were trans. Um, and it might not be prosecuted as a hate crime if it ever gets to that stage. So, and, and this is another thing, and Indiana is guilty of this too. They might, the, the locality, the state, might not require reporting to the FBI. So, in Indiana, uh, it's not required that the FBI be notified about hate crimes or crimes against LGBT people at all. Um, it's just not required. And that was part of the hate crimes law. That's something that we were trying to get uh, instilled, or installed, instilled. We were trying to get put into the, the language is that um, this reporting would be broken down and it would be given to the FBI. Uh, but people blocked that. And who would block that? You know, who is who are the people who feel that that information doesn't need to be collected and why? And these are the people who have blocked hate crimes laws, who have blocked equal protections for LGBT people, uh, who think that maybe um, LGBT people don't need equal rights. But why specifically 
is it that you want to specifically exclude LGBT people from being uh, charged with hate or LGBT people who commit crimes against LGBT people uh, to be charged with hate crimes. You want to make it easier for them to commit those crimes. You want to make it um, safer for them to commit those crimes. What does that say about that person? That's, that's evil, as far as I'm concerned. That is... That shows premeditation for violence. Um, and that in itself is an attack on our equality. I went on a lot longer than I wanted to on that. Oh, that was great. Thank you for that. Yes, thanks for sharing that. Um, can we talk about Dolly Parton? Let's do that. I really want to. Yeah. Um, you know, she donated a million dollars to the research of a COVID vaccine to Vanderbilt University. And can I just say, she is a goddess. I love her. <laughs> you know, she's, she can do no wrong. She can do no Honestly. wrong. She's just a beautiful human being and someone that we should all aspire to be, I think. And she, mm -hmm. as we know, she's a huge supporter of the community. She has also for years had her reading program where she sends books to children. And yeah. I've known kids that have been recipients of that and absolutely love it. So anyway, I just, I, I wanted to give a shout out to Dolly because she is truly one of my patron saints. And in fact, I think that we owe Biden's win to Dolly Parton because myself and a lot of my friends who are big Dolly Parton fans have Dolly candles and we lit them all on election night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's incredible. Maybe we should have a writing campaign the next election for Dolly. This Dolly Frida. Oh, yes. From the Wicked Warlock. So, patron saint of country music and boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to save us from a virus. So, I mean, she she needs to be, she needs to be canonized. She needs to be um, about she needs her own memorial on on uh, in D.C. Say memorial. God forbid. Well, I mean, you know, that's the only way that America really uh, understands how to celebrate people is after <laughs> they've passed. But no, I mean, hey, install her into the White House. Come on. You know, we're, we need people who are genuinely caring. Uh, not that Absolutely. Joe isn't, but um, but God, he doesn't hold a candle to her. Well, no, she's she's a hard act to follow, but I think that she should be somebody that we should look to for inspiration on what sort of people to be. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, just this last um, on that on the last season of RuPaul's Drag Race in the finale, and they did it like you know via Zoom for COVID and everything. And there was one part where she like zoomed in, and it was like a whole bit where she was like joking about like, oh, maybe I'm a drag queen and stuff. It was I don't know. She's just such a amazing human i just love her i don't know if it's true she has such great stories but one story that she had um 
I read her book and it was very funny is that she entered a Dolly Parton lookalike contest and lost. <laughs> yes. <to a> <laughs> She's just—that's <laughs> so funny. I almost got to do- go to Dollywood right before the pandemic, and then obviously a pandemic. Well, I hate to tell you that I've been there several times, and I went 20 years ago, and I was just in heaven because I'm a huge Dolly Parton fan, have been since I was about six years old, and um, Dolly was everywhere. You could buy Dolly Parton trash can, shower curtains, ashtrays. Sh- you know, sugar bowls, whatever. It was all Dolly Parton. I, I got some pepper shakers. Um, and then I went back I, about five years ago and Dolly's just been taken out of Dolly. Oh, It's just mm-hmm. a theme park like anywhere else, you know? Um, I mean, it's still called Dollywood, but she's not really present like she used to be. And I've heard that that's her own decision. She just decided, wasn't really into the ego mania of it all. Mm. But, I was. I was interested <laughs> Dolly everywhere and on everything and her music coming out of bushes and stuff. But it's not like that. But, uh, you know, so it's just pretty much like your run-of-the-mill theme park, unfortunately. But still go. It's a beautiful part of the country. I absolutely love it down there. Um, it's the area she's from. And one thing you should do is to go to Pigeon Ford, the town she was born in, and go to the courthouse. And they have a wonderful statue of her that you need to see and take your picture next to. <laughs> yeah, I was. I mean, I, I still went there. We It was like me and a couple of friends. We were like oh, renting a cabin. Yeah. So we were there okay. in Gatlinburg and like in okay. that area. And just like looking around, like there's, you know, that giant looming cross on the mountain and like in that town and everything. It's just it's like looking at where she came from and who, the person that she is like you can tell that she's just a genuinely good human you know like she just inherently understands um being kind to other people i guess i don't know she understands empathy yeah yeah empathy for sure and i think that's why so many people love her is that also shows in her songs Mm -hmm. oh yeah did you listen to that podcast from uh i think wnyc on on her it was incredible darley parton's america um Like I knew her, I knew her before then, but I didn't know as much about her. And that podcast just made me like totally fall in love with her. She's incredible. No. Okay. Enough about Dolly Parton. No, never, <laughs> never enough about her. Good, good news. I think. All right. It's it's late. Yeah, we're at time. I think. Over it, maybe. Over a little bit. We can cut some. We'll cut all of Lucas's stuff he just went on and on and on on tonight he just doesn't stop blooming out is a production of wfhb community radio and produced by melanie davis and kate young lucas fisher is our engineer and our host for blooming out and wfhb i'm justin robertson i'm ireland meacham and i'm lucas fisher i'm melanie davis and remember if everything were straight roller coasters would be one long boring ride be well stay safe speak truth manifest equity demand justice and good night from your blooming out family 